welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we will be discussing a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. This is a spoiler-heavy podcast, so get ready. I'm Robin. And I'm Mariana. Um, we're excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Diagon Alley. So many feels. Um, so we have a couple announcements and reminders. Um, we want this podcast to be interactive and we want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag wizard team, um, on Twitter. Um, as well, you can also tag us at we black and nerds, um, to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? Do you want to draw about it? Do you want to sing <laughs> a song about it? We are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, Black Student Union, a collection of super short stories and anecdotes illustrating what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts or the Salem Witch Institute or Durmstrang, if you're into that sort of thing. That's true. The international BSU. The international BSU, but mostly at Hogwarts. So if you would like to submit, check out our website, blackgirlsnerdout.com, for the guidelines and details for how to submit. Um, also, subscribe to our newsletter. Every week we share nerd news and links about what's been going on. Um, most of the time we retweet them on Twitter, but like our newsletter is a way where it's just kind of all there um, to, in one place. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlsnerdout.com for that. Um, we also tweet out a link whenever like the, the newsletter goes out. Um, so yeah. Um, and you can always subscribe. Yes. So... Follow us at We Black and Nerds on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook. Join the conversation. Let's dive in. Um, really quickly, Potter fandom happening right now. Um, it's really short because we had a whole bonus episode um, about Pottermore, and that was pretty much what our news was, and it <laughs> took an hour and a half. And so we are not talking about Pottermore, hopefully, in this episode. Um, so check out that episode. It's uh, episode four and a half. Um, if you haven't already, um, and then really quickly, um, so one like really cool thing that I thought we should at least like mention cause it was really awesome is that, um, people have been leaving notes in Harry Potter books in the library and the bookstore and bookstores, um, as a part of like this campaign, um, hashtag Potter it forward. So they're basically just like writing little notes like, oh, this, like, book means so much to me, or, like, oh, I love this part so much, or, like, you're gonna love this, that kind of thing. So excited for you to discover Harry Potter. Yeah, that kind of thing, um, in the books, so that when people, like, buy the books, or, and then as they're reading, they, like, find the post-its, um, which I think is really awesome, and I really want to do it, so I need to figure out how I'm gonna get to a bookstore in the next couple weeks. Um. So we can hashtag Potter it forward. Yep. Um, and then that's it for the news. For more news, <laughs> Harry Potter and otherwise, um, please subscribe to our newsletter. There was some, like, especially this last one, there were some cool things. I think there's, like, an article about Voldemort, and, like, all the stuff. We're not going to talk about it. We got a lot to talk about for this chapter. Um, <laughs> let's go. Let's do this. Um, chapter 5, Diagon Alley. So this is the chapter where, as I like to say, um, I always say that, like, Book one, book two are really fun, and then in book three, shit gets real. But even still, in book one, chapter five, Diagon Alley, is when shit gets real. So, like, we are getting to the magic. We're in the magic now. We're in the wizarding world. This is Harry's first submersion or introduction to the wizarding world. So, mm -hmm. where do we start off 
Harry wakes up thinking, oh my God, was this all a dream? Did a half giant really just bang down the door, make me some sausages and give me a birthday cake all out of his pockets and tell me I'm a wizard? And he's like, nah, uh, when I wake up, I'm going to be in the cupboard. Which is interesting that like, he's already moved into the other room, but in his head, his how, like his home or like where he lives is still the cupboard. He's only been in that room for, for like, a couple. Of, I mean, it's like, been a couple of days before they like dipped because yeah. Vernon had a <laughs> crisis. So yeah, that was interesting to me. And then there's a loud tap- tapping noise, and Harry's thinking that's Opportunia knocking on the door, and his heart sinks because he'd still been hoping that that was like as much as in his head he was thinking, oh, it's all a dream. Like in his heart, <laughs> he was hoping it was true. Also, um, though, at this point, Harry is still sleeping on the hard floor, and I am queen of waking up dazed and confused. Like, I literally woke up in the middle of an earthquake one time, like, what? Who's happened, huh? And it was the middle of the day, and I was confused. Like, mm-hmm. I have, like, no idea. So I get that, like, no, disorientation yeah, so of being asleep when you're deep asleep. But he's on the hard floor thinking that he's in his cupboard. So what did his bed in that cupboard feel like? Probably a hard, hard floor. floor. <laughs> like, he was, you know, like... Was there even a mattress? They don't really, I don't know. But yeah, so um, he hears a tap, tap, tap that he assumes is Petunia. And as he sits up, Hagrid's heavy coat falls off of him. The hut was full of sunlight. The storm was over. And Hagrid is there deep asleep on the poor couch doing, that sofa was working hard. <laughs> I like had really Dudley was. on me one night and then this half not night. Even, not even the night, whole night. Not even the, like yeah. half the night and then the other half. This half giant. Man. That sofa is exhausted. The struggle. Yeah. Um, and so there was an owl wrapping its claw on the window, a newspaper held in its beak. Um, so Harry's like super excited. He's like, oh, it was, it was real. It wasn't a dream. Um, and then the owl comes in, drops the newspaper, and then starts to attack Hagrid's coat. Um, yeah. So Harry's like, why is this owl still here? Shouldn't he like leave? What's going on? And um, then we get back into Hagrid, like, just being oblivious. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, a part that makes Hagrid so lovable. And I think it's also something that makes, I mean, we'll get to him, not this book, but in a bit, like, um, Arthur Weasley so lovable. Just, like, their complete obliviousness to the fact that, like, they've just lived in with magic so long, and, like, even Ron kind of has this, that he's like, pay him. Right. <laughs> like, didn't we just go through this, Hagrid? Yeah, Harry don't know what you're talking about. He, but again, he's like also like half sleep too, so maybe that's some disorientation. But also, it's yeah. just Hagrid, and he's like, yeah, that's just his um, what he does. Um, and then he tells Harry to look in the pockets of his jacket. Um, and Harry's like, your like, coat is nothing but, but pockets. pockets yo. Um, bunches of keys, slug pellets, balls of string, peppermint humbugs, tea bags. Finally. Harry pulled out a handful of strange-looking coins. Um, really quickly, I know I said we probably wouldn't talk about Pottermore, but I'm going to for like two seconds. Um, I read an article about the extendable, undetect, like the extendable, like, extension charms. Un- yes, the extension charms, undetectable extension charms. Um, so apparently, um, so Hagrid could have bought the thing, bought it charm, but it's like one, it is really like a uh, like difficult bit, like you know, complicated bit of magic. But it's also impo- it's not, it's illegal for. Um, for, like, witches and wizards to do the charm, on, like, by themselves. Um, because it's so, like, you could do it for anything. Like, I think there's, like, this one quote where it was, like, a hundred wizards could fit, could fit in a toilet cubicle if, um, <laughs> if they, you know, if they wanted to. So they, they, it's, like, regulated by the Ministry of Magic. And so usually you can only use it if, it, if you're buying something that's been charmed that way. So, like, there's some cars 
like ministry cards that are bigger on the inside. Bigger on the inside. Oh, okay. Um, and um, there's like there's like cars and there's like some other stuff. So um, in the article it said there were two instances of it being illegal. The first was obviously the Ford Anglia um, Arthur Weasley's fine car. Um, and then the second was Hermione's another ob- another obviously um, her bag. Um, Arthur, I'm pretty sure, got, like, penalized for that. He did. He, he faced an inquiry at work. Yeah, and it was entirely um, Ron's fault. If he stepped another toe out of line, they would bring him straight home. Um, <laughs> um So then, other, but Hermione actually, like, they let her, they let that go because she had just helped defeat the greatest, wizard of all, greatest dark wizard of all time. And there's so a lot like, of things cool. that were uh, legal um, during that. They're at war, you know. Exactly, and they're just like, you You were on our side, you're good, we're not going to mess with you. Yeah. Um, all right, back to the the thing. Um, so this is one thing that I can't wait, and I, if anyone knows, um, if maybe I'm just looking at something wrong, or I don't know what, they don't, there isn't on Pottermore, we're not talking about Pottermore very much, but there isn't on Pottermore, like, a very detailed talk about wizarding money, but... Um, Hagrid tells Harry just to give him five newts. Nuts, I think. Nuts. Or, yeah, I always say newts, but I don't know. Um, and then... Or knuts. Or knuts. I feel like I saw someone where someone, like, pronounced the K. But I feel like you should, don't pronounce Why would you the don't K? say kni? Right. <laughs> or knot. Right. No, that's just someone that... No. Newts <laughs> or nuts, we're not sure, but I'm gonna... I call them newts. Um... So the little bronze ones, Harry counts out bronze, five little bronze coins and help and gives them to the owl and the owl goes through the window. And um, Harry's turning over the, like Hagrid finally wakes up because after all of that explaining, like you're still going to be asleep. He's waking up and he's like, lots to do today. Got to get over to London. Got to get your stuff for school. Um, Harry's turning the wizard coins over, looking at them. And the happiness that he feels that it wasn't a dream starts to deflate. Because he hasn't gotten any money, um, and they and the Dursleys won't pay for school. Hagrid says, "Like nonsense. Like you don't think your parents. You didn't think your parents would leave you. Did you think your parents didn't leave you anything?" It's so hard to like translate Hagrid. Um, I mean, any kind of vernacular, but like out loud, out loud, yeah. yeah. But um, so this is also where my first real notes come in. Because there, there is at one point like an exchange, um, like there's a place that you can go to exchange wizarding money for Muggle money, or like opposite, or like opposite, what Hermione or, does. or Muggle money for wizarding money. Yeah, because um, yeah, Hermione yeah, for example, do it at Green Dots, I'm is sure. yeah is Muggle born. She doesn't have wizarding money, so there's got to be a way to exchange. Mm-hmm. So, not that this is at all excuses the Dursleys and. Um, He's Harry is their family, so they should just want to take care of him. But like, there isn't a I don't know, like a wizarding court or adoption agency or something that says like Harry's got this money in Gringotts, we can give the Dursleys a little bit to take. You know, like if you take in a a foster child or something, you get a little bit of money. And I mean, it could be regulated. I'm not sure. Maybe no one had access until Harry had access, but. That's really not how, I don't know, like, it just seems kind of weird that, um, the Dursleys didn't get anything from Harry's 
parents' um, vault. Or from what I they guess, left him. but like it's not like it was super official. He was just dropped on a doorstep. He it wasn't like a ministry. It wasn't like through the ministry that Harry ended up at his aunt and uncle's. It was like Dumbledore, so maybe that's why. Like it's not like the like a ministry um, a ministry employee came in and was like, "All right, here's your nephew. Here's your contract. This is how that's much true. money you like, get per whatever." You don't want, you Dumbledore didn't want... was just like, "Hey, he got to stay here so that he doesn't die." And um, you don't really want, you, you don't know who in the ministry is on Voldemort's side, so you don't really want them to know exactly where he is. Exactly. Not that Voldemort could really get to him, but it's just kind of weird because I could see, I mean, you see how the Dursleys treat him, and money, like, while it doesn't really come up very often in this book, I mean, there's a few nods to, like, being poor and stuff, especially with the Weasleys, mm-hmm. but if you're being abused, um... You have to know that, like, at some point, the, the Dursleys were like, you're a drainer, you know, you cost money. Like, anything that they pay for, you know, for Harry. And that's, like, another reason why they're like, I'm not paying for him to go to that school. They're also, like, not even, they're not even paying for him to get new uniforms to go to, um... Uh, uh, Stonewall. Stonewall. So, it's just kind of weird that, um, at least it was never talked about. Right. You know. Yeah. So. That's true. Something that um, I, I was thinking about. Real quick, this little gym, hashtag Harry is not a Ravenclaw. He's over here talking about wizards have banks. Like, bruh, how? Come on. You gotta put your money somewhere. You know, they're not just keeping it in the house. He thought that it was in the house because he thought that if the house was destroyed, like, there also, wouldn't be money in that's kind of how, like, destruction, like, I, this is metal. Oh. You can blow up metal, it might like scatter, but it's not gonna disappear. Go away. Okay. Anyway, Harry's he, not ready to call. He's not, but he's also he's been. He means a well. <laughs> he means well, and he's tired. Um. um yeah. So then they talk about um, Gringotts is the safest place, safest place in the world for anything you want to keep safe, except for maybe Hogwarts, which I want to interrogate that later on, but we'll just leave it. Also, though, for now. Hagrid, what, did you need to add that part? Again? He really like. He's like he he idolizes like. He idolizes, a lot. like, pretty much anything that he likes, he um, places on a pedestal. So, like, Hogwarts, Dumbledore, Harry. Dragons. Drag- I understand the dragons. <laughs> I, I almost got you to say it. I get the dragon. No, but, but he does. I'm just no, saying, yeah, it's he not does. like he doesn't. He does do Fluffy. it. But it's valid. Um, but, no, and it's also, like... Right, Fluffy, yeah, all the little creatures. It's really funny, too, though, beak. in terms of Hagrid's, like... Hagrid has been sheltered in a way that we don't really think about, but, like, he, his mother obviously wasn't around. We'll get to this. We'll talk about it more in detail later, obviously, but he was mostly raised by his father, and then he goes to Hogwarts, um, and then basically Dumbledore takes care of him after he gets kicked out. So one of the things that you kind of see is, like, Hagrid you know, non-Ravenclaw, anti-Ravenclaw Harry is like, wizards have banks, and Hagrid's like, just the one. Not Hagrid. There's no way there's only one. There's more than one bank. There's only, maybe, maybe one in Britain, Britain which, which doesn't make sense. That's a struggle. Um, but there's maybe just the one in London. Yeah. And that's the one that he's been to, but in his life, like, in his worldview, just the one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, um, no. So then they leave the hut, um, and they take the boat, which 
Can we just talk about how they just leave the Dursleys on this rock? I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But until, yeah, I just, like, they literally are like, the boat Uncle Vernon had hired was still there. Like, the Ver- like the Dursleys aren't still in that other bedroom. Like, they'd left, like, the whole, and it's so funny because I never thought about that, um, <laughs> like, as I was reading it when I was younger, I didn't think about that at all. It was just like, oh, it's... <laughs> They just take the boat. That's cool. I think at one point I thought they were flying. They actually like flew. Well, because so, it says flew to get him there. Right. And I was really young too. Yeah. So that was like in my head for some reason. Like I imagined them like flying. Some, I don't even know what they were flying. Because they weren't flying on a broom. They were just kind of like floating <laughs> above the clouds. And I got to like they, a leaky They culture. floated there. Even though they actually take a boat in like a train. I don't know what my six year old <laughs> brain was thinking. Um, Stop saying that. I'm going to curse you out again. There's anyway. no reason for you to do that. I'm just being truthful. I'm just trying to be I'm honest. I'm old. I'm just trying to be honest. That's all. Is that a hip hop lick? No. It is. Okay. Just... Look at me. I'm all oh. hip and shit. Oh. I see you. I see you. Um, okay. So, um, yeah. So, Harry asks, how did you get here? And Hagrid said he flew. Um, which, how did he fly? Like, did he have? Because he says flew. And then Hagrid goes, yeah, but we'll get back. We'll go back in this. Not supposed to use magic now that I've got you. But how did he, like, riding on a broomstick isn't magic, but nobody can actually fly because in Deathly Hollows it was a big deal that Snape and Voldemort could fly. And he didn't have his motorcycle, clearly, because it would be there. I'm sure he probably had a broomstick and then it went away. Because, you know, like, you could... But I thought he couldn't couldn't fit on a broomstick. I thought he was too big for a broomstick because that's why he was in the motorcycle later in the Battle of... um, in the one where, like, Harry was with so him. So maybe he... Seven Potters. I'm sure... I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe but actually, I assume that maybe I don't he, think he can. I don't think so. I mean, I, I assume that he flew and then he sent that back because he knew he couldn't go without... In the... Mo- he, I'm in, okay, like, in the motorcycle. I'll yeah. just say, yeah. Um, so they get on the boat and Hagrid says, not supposed to do magic now that I've got you, but... It, Seems a shame to row, so would you mind if I speed this up a bit? Not mention it to anyone. And this is the start of, well, should have told you that. Right, shouldn't have said that. Quote. Shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Quote, should have done that. Unquote, Hagrid. Um, Rubius, should have done that. Hagrid. Um, And Harry is just like eager to do more, eager to see more magic and asking these questions. It's also really funny, the way that Hagrid speaks he he always speaks in a way, and I think because he he's kind of rec- he like recognizes that Harry doesn't know many things, and he's trying to explain it, but he also explains it in a way that it's like you shouldn't like it's common knowledge. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you'd be mad to try to rob Gringotts. Like, why would you? Like, I'm not like, hey, can we go to? Bank of America, you'd be mad to try to rob it. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, um, so it's, like, random. It's just, like, random stuff that he says, like, um, maybe because, like, he was, like, Gringotts, run by goblins, but it's also, that's also a weird thing to say. I don't say Bank of America, run by assholes, even though, run by assholes. <laughs> um, you heard it here first, people, but well, yeah. it's like he's trying to explain to Harry what he's getting himself into, but at the same time, doesn't fully know how to do it, so he's still taking for granted that Harry doesn't know a lot. Um, yeah. And so it's like he gives, like, kind of half answers where he's trying to explain, but doesn't 
but then Phil like kind of feels like gives like kind of half like vague answers because he thinks that he's like making sense. Yeah. Um, but he isn't. But it's just really funny um, to see how like obviously like Harry's curiosity is completely like understandable. He's just coming to grips with this entire new world. But also, like, the way that Hagrid speaks to him, it just begs more and more questions. And I think it's also because Hagrid, uh, like you said, puts things on a pedestal. So he feels very proud of the fact that Dumbledore trusts him and that Dumbledore wants him to run this errand for him. Mm -hmm. And so even without, like, knowing that he can't say, God, like, I have this top secret mission from Dumbledore, he still finds a way to be like, have a top secret mission for you know what well, I mean? He's like also, he's still very like excited about. Oh yeah, you know definitely. And so, and then just Harry being Harry, he's got to ask a lot of questions, which yeah. makes sense. It does make sense. Um, so they're on their way. Oh, <laughs> Hagrid's reading his uh, newspaper, and Harry. Uh, there's like this quote where he's like, "Harry had learned from Uncle Vernon that people like to be left alone when they like read the paper." This is very cute. Um, it's so sweet. It is. And, like, if I was Harry and Uncle Vernon taught me to do anything, I'd be like... Nah. Yeah, do the opposite. Hell nah to the nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, Hagrid mumbles under, like, under his breath, like, Ministry of Magic, messing things up as usual, which is, like, all the... Apparently just government is just always incompetent and just ridiculous. I mean, you know... Even if, even, even if they're, like, magical... Um, it's government, though. Right. And then Harry... They then, hired Dolores Umbridge, but, you know. We're not going to talk about that yet. Um, <laughs> can't even get into that woman. Um, and he goes, there's a Ministry of Magic? Oh, you're so sweet, Harry. <laughs> Bless your heart. Because um, muggles were going to govern the... All right. Anyway. Um, and Hagrid's like, of course. And he, then he immediately goes into... They want a Dumbledore for minister, of course. But he'd never leave Hogwarts. So And so, like, he's just always... He just put, yeah, it's certain things that he, like, really loves and he puts on a pedestal that he... And he finds a way to, like, talk them up. Exactly. All the time. All the time. Um, And I think, too, that there is, I mean, in the last, like, the special episode, if you guys have listened to it, Bayana mentions, like, the the special nine or the little list. Oh, Sacred 28. The Sacred 28. And, um... There is this, like, undercurrent of Dumbledore is old and lost the plot and shouldn't... And, like, a lot of that comes from these, like, actually, like, pretty influential, powerful families. Like, that's how Draco gets a lot of his, like... You know, Draco's from Jump, like, is kind of belittling of Dumbledore. And there is, like, probably a faction of people in the Wizarding World who are, like, you know, he's odd, he's weird, he's got that crooked nose, he's old, it's dust, which is really old for wizards. Mm-hmm. Um so because Hagrid's put him on a pedestal, he also feels the need to be like feels the need to like talk up Dumbledore in a way that like he doesn't need it. He doesn't need Hagrid to be like, he could have been minister. They wanted him for the job, you know what I mean? Like Right. And he also like I think Hagrid also likes to feel important. Mm-hmm. Um which is the other thing that's really interesting. You kind of see it throughout this chapter is he likes um, to know things that other people don't know. So it's interesting that he's like, he's the bun- he's been chosen to like kind of introduce Harry into this new world. And 
he um I don't know, he's like he he's he's kind of feel it makes him feel like superior and not in like a horrible like bigoted type of way, but just like he likes to feel like he's important and like he's needed. Um and a lot that's of that- not always the case and um and I also think that so that's like one of the things like Dumbledore sent him out on this mission and Dumbledore is like one of those two people who makes him feel important. And okay. Harry Potter is an important figure. So yeah, like even so he's just like going to his own status, but not. But again, not in like a like it's self serving, but not in like a. I think it's just one of those things where Hagrid. It's, it's like one of those people who is like a self made person and feels the need to be like, look at all the stuff that I did, even though I never went to college or I never right, did this, exactly. and it's like I overcame that or something. Like Hagrid got kicked out of Hogwarts. Um, he's the gamekeeper. He's a He's he even in the wizarding world he does he's an other he's an outsider exactly. he's half giant he's half giant he's not fully trained magically mm-hmm. so it's not like you said it's not malicious or it's not arrogant I mean and he's also very grateful for like the things that he like the opportunities he's gotten and like the people you know yeah. especially Dumbledore um yeah so it's not like a yeah it's not a malicious thing it's just like really interesting to see how he kind of like. He gravitates towards those situations when people are looking at him, or like first, even if they're not specifically looking at him. Like later, um, when they're in Diagon, when not Diagon, the Leafy Cauldron, and they and they realize that Hagrid like has Harry Potter, and he's like, "Yep, he just looks like proud and like this is." Yeah, which yeah. also really interesting too. And we'll start to see this more um, as we keep going through the chapter, because Hagrid is the is Harry's first introduction to the Wizarding World. These like things that Hagrid takes pride in, Harry immediately thinks like oh that's important and mm-hmm. is and also feels positive like before harry even meets dumbledore he has positive connotation of who dumbledore right. is or even um, like later when he meets draco in the chapter exactly and, like, when draco says his... and when draco says something that like had you know anyone else not been the person to tell harry that he was a wizard or tell harry that um about magic maybe harry would have just been like oh Hagrid's this, like, lowly person. Right. But because Hagrid was the one who basically saved him from his life and the Dursleys and and introduced him to this world, when Draco says something that is, yeah, bratty about Hagrid, but not, he didn't call anyone a mudblood. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he's still, you know, it's still kind of like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a bratty and, like, lower form of, it's an 11-year-old's insult. Um, And it's not, like, super derogatory towards Hagrid as, like, he later hears. But when Draco does say that, immediately Harry has a negative thought of Draco. Draco. and not of Hagrid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because of... So, it's really great, right? In one one sense, it's like, Hagrid is a good person and and a sweet person, and Dumbledore is on the side of good. I mean, he's a good person, too. um, As complicated as he is. um, You know, he's a good person, and he wants wants what's best. And so it's really fortunate that these are the first people, and the the most influential and first people in Harry's life. But had maybe, like, they sent Slughorn or some, or, you know, any, or God forbid Severus, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, not, it probably wouldn't have been Severus, but Severus would have been salty as all hell and so but you know i don't know some some anyone, anyone else if blaze zabini's mom came and picked him up he'd have been like oh you bae but also because <laughs> blaze's mom is supposed to be 
That's like, true. She's super, supposed to be fine. Super fine. But anyway, um, it would have completely changed Harry's um, thoughts about people. So it's really interesting because it's mm. also like um, like a baby almost in, in the terms of like setting Harry's values for this new life that he's about to lead. Yeah. Um, so we back get- to, yeah, we went on, <laughs> we went kind of around. It wasn't really a tangent. It's still um, basically in the chapter. It's in the chapter. It's all in the chapter. Um, so then Harry asks, what does the Ministry of Magic do? Um, and Hagrid says their main job is to keep it from the muggles, that there's still witches and wizards up and down the country. Um, and Harry asks why. And Hagrid goes, everyone be wanted, would be wanting magic solutions to their problems. We're best left alone. Um, which I think is interesting because that doesn't seem like a full answer. Um, especially also- considering like when the Statute of Secrecy was like put into place, and that was specifically because witches and wizards are being persecuted. Um and so it's not, it's like it was partly for you know for safety reasons, not just because I think it actually thought like oh maybe we should I think ask it was them to help us out. I like, think it was mostly for like it was it was mostly for safety reasons, and this goes into one Hagrid not having a full wizarding education, so right. like history of magic, as boring as it is, like, um, yeah. would have you know like more advanced history of magic or whatever mm. he probably would have gotten there, or he would have retained that, um, but also. It's kind of a simplistic way, and it's like, um, maybe it's like what they, I, I feel like it's kind of what they would tell kids, um, because it's really terrifying, right, to tell, like, a kid, you need to keep this a secret, because if people find out who you are, they might try to kill you. Right. Whereas, if you tell people who you are, they're not going to leave you alone. hmm You know, or they might, like, try to dissect you. Right. Annoying Whatever. versus terrifying. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of like the explanation that you would give a young kid. Mm-hmm. And at 11, Harry isn't a young kid, but he is. I mean, he's still he's like. A, he's a magical baby. Yeah, and he's, and, and he's still just figured out, found out that there's like this whole dark wizard who like is trying to kill him, um, who may or may not be alive yet still and all that stuff. So he doesn't also need the added bonus of like muggles may also try to. Like, and then not... on the and on the and, and taking it another step further, it goes into Hagrid's always looking at the best in people, like the best in dragons, the best in three headed dogs. Like, oh, Fluffy is harmless. Like, no, he's not. No, he's not. Like, Aragog wouldn't wouldn't hurt a fly. Actually, right. He might eat. Your Aragog eyes. would eat a fly as like an, a palate cleanser in between. Ron and Harry. Exactly. And between humans. (laughs) So, like, there is this part of Hagrid that I'm sure, like, knows, like, oh, witches and wizards are persecuted. But his brain is like, but no one would do that. No one would be mean for the sake of being evil. Right. And it's like, other than Voldemort, Voldemort, who is like this, like, like boogeyman. Yeah, and he's like the epitome of evil. Yeah. Like, kind of an idea. And he's not human anymore. Exactly. And, like, that's what, in Hagrid's mind, like, Voldemort is so evil that he's no longer human. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have any traces of humanity left in him, which is true. But there are plenty of people. Like, he's he's come across the Dursleys. I'm sure he's seen people like Umbridge in his past. Like, you know, he's he Draco's father is on the board of Hogwarts, so mm-hmm. or the Board of Governors or whatever. So he has seen these kind of people that maybe aren't lacking, completely lacking humanity, but are not good people. Um, by any stretch of the imagination, but Hagrid just cannot accept that as a reality. Right. That's how I took that, like, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so then, oh, really we get to cute. Bionic's no, favorite. No, not no. even before that. I was going to go, and then I saw this little thing. Mm-hmm. So they're at the. Um, so as they walk through the town, people are like staring at Hagrid, and they go to the train station. Um, so it's like so they they so people are like staring at them, and Harry couldn't blame them. Not only was um, Hagrid twice as tall as anyone else, he kept pointing at perfectly ordinary things like parking meters and saying loudly, "See that, Harry." Things these muggles dream up, eh? Just like, aw. What like exactly pre-arthur. is the purpose of a, a rubber, rubber ducky? ducky. <laughs> um, it was, that was exactly my thought, too, when that I read this. Like, Arthur Weasley and it's really funny because um, I read this and my brain immediately went to Arthur Weasley. And I was like, but when I first read this, I didn't even know who Arthur was. Exactly. So, hilarious. But. Yeah. Um, and next, <laughs> next. Hagrid, said Harry, panting a bit as he ran to keep up. Did you say there are dragons in at Gringotts? Well, so they say, said Hagrid. Crikey, I'd like a dragon. Me too, Hagrid. Me too. I know those feels. Hashtag get by on a dragon 2K15. And here's where Harry, the realist and pragmatic person, says, you'd like one? He wanted one ever since he was a kid. Why didn't want a when dragon? When he was a kid, yeah. Ever since, not when, ever since. Yeah, but from when he was a kid until now. Yeah. I and, understand those fields. And no one was like He's just trying to be Daenerys Stormborn up He doesn't his, even know who that is. He does. <laughs> I would just guess that he does. I don't know. Daenerys is a fairy tale. She doesn't exist. Hagrid exists. And Hagrid knows. How dare you? Hungarian horn tells. Not oh, the business. Real quick, the only one that I don't want. Is the uh, Peruvian viper tooth because that's where dragon pox came from, and I don't want dragon pox. My best friend's Peruvian, but literally, I read it on Pottermore. The no, Peruvian viper tooth was the one that gave the dragon pox. I'm just saying, okay. it's just facts. I'm just letting you know. All right, that that's why dragon pox came into existence. But and so I don't want a Peruvian, or you could viper just not want. I could get a Hungarian horntail. I could get a Chinese fireball. I could get a Swedish. Uh, what is that one? Short snout? Sun snout? Right, mm-hmm. I could get, like, We could go through this Bionna list all the dragons that she I wants to have. I just want a dragon. Or we could say, and then the dragon would sneeze and bring her house down, and then where would we be? I could even have a Norwegian witch back like Hagrid. Oh, Norbert. Anyway, um... So, they get to the train. Hagrid asks Harry if he still has his letter, and Harry finally looks at what is needed to go to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Which is very gendered for no reason. Yeah, right. We need to figure out a way to non-gender. To have like a gender neutral. If anyone knows a, a gender neutral gender neutral name for a um, magical Witchcraft person. and wizardry, yeah. Let's, like, hit me up. Hit us both up. Because I'm really interested like in that. Or like Hogwarts School of Magic. Magician. But magicians. Magicians, magicians aren't really. Nah. That's not magicians. Magic is, is cool. Magicians aren't magicians ready. do tricks for money. I'm illusionist. Oh, shout out, shout <laughs> out to Job. Yeah, so that's wait, a risk, what were you that's saying? the rest of development. So you don't even know about that. I don't. But anyway, I don't. But what were you saying? I was saying that Harry unfolds his letter and starts to like notice all of the things that he needs. So let's run down this list. This part really confuses me. First year students will need three sets of plain work robes. One plain pointed hat for day wear. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Um, one pair of protective gloves, dragon hide or similar, which is, like, wearing That's fur. That's valid. But it's also, like, when they're in... Um, Do dragons... Oh, but dragons shed, like, snakes. So no dragons are harmed in the making of these dragon hide gloves. Nah. Um, no? But I don't, I don't know. Um, okay. 
Yeah. They could just use them like when they die or something. But that's yeah. like for more like herbology and stuff. No, right? I get why, but I'm just saying like we found out we had we Doesn't, learned how to make uh, fake fur. Dragons are don't Fred and George end up getting like dragon hide like jackets or something. Yeah, like, oh yeah, they and, did. Like, they, and they were looking. They, they were, were like sharp. Look cool. Yep. They, they were looking sharp. They weren't. Shout out to Fred and George. Or Greg and Forge. Greg and Forge. Um, one winter cloak, black silver fastenings. Please note that all pupils' clothes should carry name tags. Here is my question. This happens before sorting. So then when you get sorted, do you then send off for the rest of your, like, uniform? Or do they, like, provide you with a sweater and some ties? Like, oh, right. How does that work? I'm really interested in that. Um, Joe, I know that you're listening. Appear. I know you're listening, Joe. Um, can you talk about that in your next Pottermore update? They can magically appear, but isn't there that, like, the law of whatever, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Maybe the house elves get it. I don't, I don't know. Aw, spew. Okay. I really don't know. I just made that up. Um. Course books. This is where we get into the Ravenclaw of it all. Because this made my little nerd heart, my little book nerd heart, just fill up with glee. Standard book of spells, grade one, Marita Goshank. A History of Magic, Matilda Bagshot. While Harry is sitting on the train, Hermione Jean Granger is sitting at home reading A History of Magic. I thought she read Hogwarts A History. Oh. She probably read that too. She probably read them both. I think she read all of them. She read all. And then also read more. Yeah, for a little bit of light reading. Yep. She checked it out for a little bit of light reading. (laughs) Hogwarts A History is like second or third year shit too. So Mm. shout out to... I read about it in Hogwarts A History. Shout out to Hermione Jean, just doing the most. We get to see her in the next chapter. Yay! Oh. Hermione. Okay. Um. Magical Theory by Albert Waffling. So this is another thing. Joe, these names are you know, brilliant. Where did she get these from? Well, some brilliant. of them like, make, some of them are like. Well, she did a lot of uh, looking into like etymology and stuff too mm-hmm. because she wanted them to make. Like, the, the, the names stem from things we talked about in the last, in the little half Pottermore special episode, Minerva's first name coming from the Roman goddess of, or, yeah, goddess of wisdom and war, and warcraft? Or something like that? No, wisdom and warrior. warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, really makes sense with Minerva's character. Um, I wonder, though, like, if she came up with the names and then their character, like, their, their personalities kind of formed from the names, or if she came up with their personalities and then named them accordingly... It probably depends. It probably, but you know, some a of them are both. just like some of them are just like, great names. They're great names, but some of them she's also like, um, I don't know. She just like, for example, cantankerous. Not like bro was supposed. Bro was just cantankerous. So she decided to name him to Betty name him that. That ain't his or, name. Or um, that's his that's his rap name. Or one thousand magical herbs and fungi is written by Philida Spore, right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so I think it was like some of them she just was being really clever. Um, yeah. Shout out to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them by Newt Scamander. Um. Oh, so, um, where are we at? Okay. Magical Theory by Albert Waffling. I do want to point out though, when it comes to the names, there is a, a thing in Hogwarts, Pottermore about the original 40 and like Hermione, her name was changed. So it, it comes and goes. Um, Isabel McDougal, who is, Sorry, I had a little in my eye, but it's Minerva's mom. It's like a oh, because McDougal and yeah, Dougal yeah, yeah. and anyway, right. so you can see like where these names kind of how they, uh, 
I don't know. Because Hermione's name could have been Hermione Puckle. And I don't think I would have loved Hermione as much as her last name was Puckle. But either, whatever. It's not but, like we would have known. Oh, it could have been Granger. Like, we wouldn't have known that. I would have just been like, your name is Puckle? What is that? What kind of name is that? Well, anyway. Draco was going to be Draco Spink or some crazy. So. And it should have been. Cause Neville even, was almost Neville Side Bottom. Side Bottom. So good. <laughs> what is a Side Bottom? <laughs> I don't know, but it's out. Yeah. So, A Beginner's Guide to Transfiguration, Emmerich Switch. Magical Drops and Potions, Arsonus Jigger, which he, after, you guys don't know this about Arsonus Jigger, but after he retired from poetry, po- potion making, he went off to have this pretty popular muggle television show called Arsenio Hall. Stop. We don't know. Stop. It could have been. I, okay, no. Arsonus Jigger had a second life. As a muggle named Arsenio Hall. Can you finish this list, please? Hashtag somebody write that music. No. Uh, okay. Newt Scamander and Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. So excited for that. And The Dark Forces, A Guide to Self-Protection, Quentin Trimble. These are great names. Um, other equipment. He's going to need a wand, which I'm so excited for. Cauldron Pewter, standard size two. Set of glass or crystal files. Files. Um, one telescope, one set of brass scales. Student may also bring in out or a cat or a toad. Parents are reminded that first years are not allowed their own broomsticks. Um, yeah, and then Harry's like, can you buy this all in London? London? And Hagrid's like, if you know where to go. Um, and then they go to Diagon. I keep saying Diagon Alley, but I think I'm just really excited. Um, they, <laughs> they go, go to, to London. Le- they go to London. They go to the Leaky Cauldron, um, which you... Can't see if you're a muggle. It has a, um, that is Doctor Who, that is Doctor Who. <laughs> it has a... Are you going to say perception filter? I'm totally <laughs> saying perception filter is in my head. That's so funny. That is Doctor Who. Um, but apparently, because I actually read about this also <laughs> on Pottermore today, um, so basically, apparently it didn't used to be hidden, like muggles used to hang out at the Leaky Cauldron and in, in, Di- in Diagon Alley 2. Until, like, this uh, international. international statute of secrecy. Um, and so they just had to, like, kind of hide off. it. No, they didn't close it. They just hid it. Um, and this is before Charing Cross Road was built. Mm. And so then when they found out that Charing Cross Road was being built, um, the, whoever the, the Minister of Magic was at the time was like, dang, now we got to close it off because it was going to, like, mess up the shops. But then apparently the Wizarding World rallied together and, like, placed a bunch of memory charms on all the like muggle planners and so they like made space for Diagon Alley <laughs> without knowing why <laughs> or like not being able to see it um and so then Diagon Alley was able to continue which is like why didn't you just go to the um muggle minister and be like yo you can't do this here I don't know wizards man they be doing the most sometimes they just they have no chill <laughs> like you, like, the minister knows, the muggle minister knows you all exist. Like, he doesn't like to think about it too much, but you didn't have to go around placing memory charms on people. Well, it's like the Wizarding all World, they, they took it into their, like, the witches took it into their own hands. Exactly. So that was the thing. So, like, the, so, like, bruh, it was really funny, because I was reading it, and I was like, bruh went to his office, like, damn, we gonna have to close up Diagon Alley. And then, like, there's a note from a secretary, like, well, all the witches and wizards just kind of... <laughs> Like some memory charms. Like, so, have you seen the new plans for Charing right. Cross Road? It I has think, space. I think we're good. Yeah. You don't have to really do nothing. I mean, we've been, um, we've been tracking these, and we were going to, like, you know, put some people in Alabama, but we thought, eh, they solved the problem for right. us. 
Um, so what's really cool about this is Harriet never been to London before and he lives out in the suburbs and coming from a suburban, suburban kid like myself, um, I grew up in the suburbs of Los Angeles and whenever we would go to Los Angeles, like it was always a big deal and like, it was so exciting. We're going to the city and like Los Angeles is not that cool. Like it is just, it's not, it's not, it's nothing to be excited about, but I kind of understand like what that's like. Like, I mean, I, I remember that. I remember those feels of going to the, like, to this big, exciting place. Imagine that times a thousand because Harry's first time in London, he ain't going to no Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> like, fuck Piccadilly. Homeboy, bruh, is going to the Leaky Cauldron and going to Diagon Alley. So yeah, his first time in London, Diagon Alley, Leaky Cauldron. So tight. Um, yeah, so he um, goes into the tiny, grubby-looking pub. Um, if Hattigreed hadn't pointed it out, Harry wouldn't have noticed it was there. Um, he had the most peculiar feeling that only he and Hagrid could see it. Um, and so then they go inside, um, and for a famous place, it was very dark and shabby. There were, were like, people around, looking around, and the old bar- bartender, who was quite bald and looked like a toothless walnut, which is really funny because... You know how they, in, in the movie, how they, like, switch, like, in the first movie? It's, like, this dude with, like, a beard, he looks all cheery, and then the third one, he looks like a... A goblin. He, yeah. Or, no, like, he looks quite He looks quite bald and, like, a toothless woman. Um, but I remember when they changed it, and I was like, why? Yeah, I was like, ooh, For what? they did Tom dirty. They did but do Tom dirty, but, but they actually stick to the source his description a little bit better than initially. Yeah. Um, which is really funny. I mean, I feel like they went too far one way and then yeah. they overcorrected. Yeah. But I agree. Um yeah. Unless like, Tom just had, was cursed and something happened to him yeah. in between Sorcerer's Stone but, and Prisoner of Azkaban. Yep, but. The Prisoner of Azkaban he definitely looks more yeah. So and it also like goes to show like how the eleven wizarding schools just I have so many questions because like London or London and Britain is so small and it's such a small community. And I mean there are a good amount of Witches and wizards, I assume. I'm not like, do we ever really find out how many pe- students and stuff are at Hogwarts? No. Um, but they walk into the Leaky Cauldron and everyone seems to know Hagrid. And then Hagrid and Tom um, are obviously like friendly. Mm-hmm. Tom asks Hagrid if he wants the usual. So Hagrid's been there. Um, Quite sometime, or quite often. He stays with his He stays with his uh, moonshine and fire whiskey. <laughs> but Hagrid, and this goes back to like us being like how proud Hagrid is to be on official Hogwarts business. Exactly. He like puffs up and puts a great hand on Harry's shoulder and makes, um, <laughs> making Harry's knees buckle because Hagrid does not realize his strength. Mm-mm. But he kind of also like draws attention to Harry in a way that I feel like isn't really fair, but also yeah. it's kind of good to like, it needs to happen, right? Like, in a way. Like, there needs to be, like, Harry needs to, like, actually understand how famous he is. Right, of course, yeah. Um, so, um, as Harry, or Hagrid, like, points out Harry to Tom, all of Leaky Cauldron goes completely still, and they all start to notice who Hagrid is with. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand how they reckon, I mean, like, I guess because... He look, you know, he looks like James and has Lily's eyes or whatever. But like at the same time, you don't know what kind of gene combination that he's gonna have. 
I mean, I'm sure though, if you think about it, it's like he could have had red hair. Um, did Dahlia Stiggle, for example, like stopped and bowed at him on the show? No, and I know that. So but I'm I, saying, feel like, like, how I feel like I feel like Dahlia was like, I saw this little boy that looked just like James Potter, and I bowed at him. And then he went around and told everyone, because this is what I'm talking about with how small it is. Like, people are going up to Harry and introducing themselves first and last name. Um, welcome back, Mr. Potter. Welcome back. Like, y'all don't know him. That's like, welcome saying. back to what? He was a baby. He was one years old when he, when he quote unquote, left. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just feel like there is this cult of Harry, and he looks so much like his father, which, I mean, I have a brother that is basically a clone of my dad. So it's like, it's undeniable. Like as much as I like to be like, Oh, you're adopted. Like you can't even, I can't even joke with him on that. And you have those feels, I'm sure because my sister and my dad are the same person. Mm. (laughs) They got the same face. Y'all it's not even it's yeah. And so you, it's like one of those things where it's like, when I see her, when I see Bayana's little sister, it's, I mean, this isn't a very good analogy because I've, I've known her my her entire life, not my entire life, but I've known her. Ami or Icky? Icky. Oh, okay. Um, but even Ami, like, when I see, like, okay, well, let's take Ami for example. When I see Ami, I'm like, mm, I know who you belong to. Right. Like, immediately. Yeah, that's Because true. I've seen the, the parents so much, you know, and, I'm, and as much as Harry is famous, his parents are also famous. Mm-hmm. So they have, they have seen pictures of James, and James comes from a very, like, influential or I don't know how influential they are but like you know he was a star well, athlete and sleek easy's hair potion right get your hair looking all slick and laid back <laughs> his thought his parents are well known enough and they have this sort of lore and because Harry looks so much like James it's like immediately you must be Harry Potter right okay so um they go through and Harry shakes hands with them especially Doris Crockford who keeps coming back um, and then he meets Professor Quirrell, who... Papa Potter. can't tell you how cute you guys Which also is like, shout out to Stutterers, man. Yeah, so he meets Harry, and then it takes them almost ten more minutes to get away from everyone, because Doris Crocker keeps coming up, and she gotta go. And then Hagrid takes him to the back, to the brick wall and they tap the brick and now they're in Diagon Alley and I really want to play some Harry Potter music right now I um keep thinking about this vampires had Harry's head was swimming um Hagrid was counting bricks in the wall but he doesn't like, they finally have a little bit of time. I mean, they leave the Leaky Cauldron. It doesn't say that a lot of people, like, follow him. I feel like Hagrid should have been like, okay, I know that was a lot. Nah, he He was like, told you like, you were famous. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> you know? And so, um... But again, Hagrid is not totally aware. I know. I know. That's just, Yeah, that's just... I love Hagrid, but he is oblivious. Yeah. Um... So they enter Diagon Alley, and at least... You know, as this large archway shows itself and Harry is like a maze, he explains a little bit about, no, he actually doesn't. (laughs) That is, I literally read that as Hagrid explaining this, but it's, it's just the narrator. (laughs) 
They step through the archway. Harry looks quickly over his shoulder, and the archway shrinks instantly back, back, back into a solid wall. So at the near shop, there's cauldrons all sizes, self-stirring, collapsible, set aside hanging over them. And Hagrid's just like, you'll be needing one, but we got to get your money first. I don't know why I thought Hagrid was like, cauldrons, let me explain them to you. Right. <laughs> Not, I don't get a good reader. Um, and then we kind of get like a picture. Uh, I'm going to go through kind of quickly. Um, but to kind of get a picture of like what Diagon Alley looks like and how much is going on. Um, and so, like, the first thing that said is that Harry wished he had about eight more eyes because there's just shops and there's things happening and people running around. Um, and, I, and I like the other thing is, like, Harry's never seen people who look like this, you know what I mean? So that's the other thing is, like, it's not only, like, the place and the setting that he has to, that he's trying to, like, orient himself around um, and he's, like, excited to see, but it's also the people who are, like, dressed strangely um, or, and, like, differently than what he's used to. In robes and pointy hats. Yeah, and, and like, bright And you also have to think about this as, like, back-to-school shopping sales when you go to, like, it's bustling and right, big. there's a lot of people. And there's a lot of people. And um, it's, it's just a lot for him to take in. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go through, and then they get to Green Gods. Um, and that's where uh, Harry sees his first goblin, and then many more goblins. Um, and, yeah, so it's just, like, it's just so much. It's kind of like a, he's, like, being overstimulated, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to, like, point out, though, the engraving above the Green Dugat stores, the second pair of doors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar to, like, the Sorting Hat song, which, obviously, they're written by... It's... it's some, Sometimes you forget. Like, these books are so dense and stuff that you forget, like, one person wrote this. Because I'm, like, kind of biting off the Sorting Hat a little bit. Well, duh. Because... Joe wrote this and Joe wrote the Sorting Hat song. I right. forgot for a second. But it's so it says, Enter stranger but take heed of what awaits the sin of greed. For those who take but do not earn must pay most dearly in their turn. So if you seek beneath our floors a treasure that was never yours, thief, you have been warned, beware of finding more than treasures there. And Hagrid's like, like I said, you'd be mad to try to rob it. But... Isn't that, like, really heavy foreshadowing, actually, It's I think very about it? heavy. I never thought about it, because it's, it's, you don't think, like, oh, Harry's going to rob it. Because you just <laughs> think, like, I mean, at this point, you're like, he's just going to Hogwarts, and he's going to yeah. be at Hogwarts for seven years, but it's like, and it also really sets like, up that it's going to get, I mean, also it sets up, I guess, later on that when somebody breaks in, um, and nothing's there, because Hagrid already takes the stone or whatever, but, like, somebody does try to rob it, like, very soon in the book, but mm-hmm. also just, like, throughout the entire series, like... That's a thing. Also, though, you don't really think about this, but, like, someone tries to rob it, but they got away, which is yeah. interesting. But they don't really talk about, like, how about that. But the thing that, like, actually came to my mind, which is really funny, because we both read the same thing, and we get two things that jump out, which is, yes, the heavy foreshadowing, but, which is only heavy in retrospect. Yeah, not, like, yeah, not <laughs> in the moment. Like In the not, moment, it was just like, whatever. It's not on some, like... I think Nothing could ever happen now. Yeah, and then you're like, well, like, it's obviously going to happen. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, by the way, Gringotts is impenetrable. <laughs> and then you're like, all right, well, somehow it has to be penetrated. I'm not going to say penetrated. That's terrible. That's word. what she said. That is what she said. Um, but yeah, so it also sets up this idea of like differences within like the magical community and different um, cultural differences. Because it says, for those who take but do not earn, must pay most dearly in their turn. And we get into this a lot later, um, mostly in 
Deathly Hallows about the differences between goblins and wizards and what how they see ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really funny that the goblins run the bank because I don't know, just because it, it's very clearly like they could think, oh, all this gold is ours. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it's very funny, but it sets up this kind of um, foreshadowing of like. You'd be mad to try to rob it because they're goblins, but also how goblins are. It kind of puts a little bit of darkness in, like, towards the goblins. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit of um, sinister. I don't know. I kind of get this like, beware of this other kind of this creature. Right. Um. So yeah. So then they go into um, Gringotts and they tell the goblin like, "We're gonna get in, get some money out of um, Harry's safe." Um, get the key, and then Hagrid's like, and I've also got a letter here from, from Professor Dumbledore. It's about the you-know-what in Vault 713. Um, and then the goblin calls Grip Hook. Who shows up again. Later but, on. Later um, on. But, um, so they have Harry's key. Where did they get that from? Hagrid has, or Dumbledore had it, probably. Probably just got it from the house. The, the house? Or, um, How yeah. they know it was what? I'm just, you know, it's interesting. Um, I mean, Dumbledore some, got ways. That's, yeah, <laughs> just. just but know. it's so funny how when Dumbledore's we, involved, I'm trying not to think too hard. I'm like, he, it's so funny how how much we are just like Dumbledore. He just did like some that. Stuff. Is not a, that is not actually an answer, but it is an answer. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so uh, let's go through this really quickly. Grip Hook, who shows up later, but um, they well they follow Grip Hook in the doors leading the hall, and they hop into this cart. Um. And Harry, who expected more marble, was surprised at these long, narrow passageways and the small cart that hurled up the tracks. And Hagrid gets um, a little motion sick as they run off to Harry's vault. Oh, I love how uh, Harry's randomly... I never know what's the difference between a, sal- a stalagmite and a stalactite. Stalagmite's got an M in it, <laughs> says Hagrid. But that's I mean, most, he mostly just says it because he's like shut up. feeling sick and doesn't want to talk, but it's just really, it's yeah. just funny to me. I mean, it's got an mm in it. Yeah, he's just um, like, I can't even. But so they get to Harry's vault and ha- Harry gasps. Inside were mounds of gold coins, columns of silver, heaps of little bronze newts. All yours, not Harry. It's not Hagrid. And the Dursleys, and Harry's first thought, the Dursleys couldn't have known about this or they'd have had it from him faster than blinking. How often had they complained how much Harry had cost them to keep? And all the time there had been a small fortune belonging to him buried deep under London. Like, y'all can't throw them like $100 just to save they Harry some... I'm not saying they deserve it, but I'm saying $100 a month would have saved Harry at least like one beating or... I don't believe that. I don't think that money would have like changed the way that they treated him. They were going to take him in anyway. That's true. So I mean, they, did they didn't anyway. need exactly that's what I mean. Like they didn't need any extra compensation for that specifically. I mean, they shouldn't have. Ha- they so, shouldn't have expected it. No, but. they shouldn't have expected it, and they didn't need any extra compensation for that specifically. And if they had had it, they would have just exploited him in a different way, just financially. It wouldn't have been like true. Yeah. Would have been, they would they have wouldn't have been like, oh, you have all this money, let's treat you better. They'd have been like, nah. That's our money now. They would have like, done some Fontaine stuff. Yeah. Like uh, shout out Les Mis if you guys are Broadway nerds like I am. Um, so we get to the um, explanation of withered money. The gold ones are galleons, 17 silver sickles to a galleon, and 29 newts to a sickle. It's easy enough. That sounds complicated AF. It's not whole numbers. 
Right. They're like, they're actually prime numbers. Ugh. Yeah. So this <laughs> is what I wrote down. What is the exchange rate into pounds? And is there inflation? Like, what happens? Like, is it now, is it now 17 silver sickles to a galleon because of inflation? Or is it like American money where it's like four quarters is always a dollar? And a dollar can get you more or less depending on how we're doing, but four right. quarters equals a dollar. Like, what is, what is seven, 17? Yeah. What? Random numbers. Random. Um, yep. So then they go to vault 713. Um, and so when they get there, um, there's no key. Grip Hook strokes the door gently with one of his long fingers um, and it melts away. And then Griphook says, if anyone but a Gringotts goblin tried that, they'd be sucked through the door and trapped in there. And Harry asks, how often do you check to see if anyone's inside? And Griphook says, about once every 10 years in a ra- with a rather nasty grin. Um, I just wrote that he's a problem. We already knew he was a problem. but He's he, a problem. But he it's- finds way too much happiness in that. But that's also like, sort of a um, like another sinisterness of the goblin, which is like, and I read this as like Grip Hook being like, that's what you get for Rob. Yeah, and that's real. And it's real. Like, and shouldn't it's, have and came trying to take the whatever. We said, thing. beware. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on the doors. But um, he is the problem. Either Grip Hook is mm, um, something else. Um, so then <laughs> it's in. So Harry is like really curious and he's thinking it's going to be some like big jewel or like something super like extravagant. But then he, it's really just like a grubby little package. Wrapped in brown paper, lying on the floor. Hagger gets it, tucks it in his coat, and that's it. Like, he can't, he knows he can't ask. Um, yeah. And it's also funny because it's, like, another, I think, um, holdover from growing up with the Dursleys where it's, like, he knows when to shut up. Right. When to, when to when pretend he doesn't ask, exist. Right, and when <laughs> to not ask questions. Yeah. Um, and he has all of these questions in his head. Exactly. So they leave Gringotts with, you know, all of this money. He didn't know, he didn't have to know how many gallons there were to a pound to know that he was holding more money than he had in his entire life. More money than even Dudley had ever had. So he's feeling really good about himself. Mm-hmm. He's, 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 he's filling himself. He's filling, filling himself. Even though that's not what the song means, but still. Um, so they decide to go get uniform, or to go get his uniform. Um, well, Hagrid goes to Leaky Cauldron so he can get a pick me up. Get his, yeah, <laughs> get you know, get his center back or whatever. <laughs> he needs um, <laughs> He needs to like detox, like, yeah. recoup. Uh, detox. That's not how that works. Um, but we meet our first wizarding or our first magical student that is Harry's age, and guess who it is. Draco Malfoy. Um, mm. So he goes into Madame Malkin's robes for all occasions, um, and in the back of the shot, a boy in the back of the shop, a boy with a pale, pointed face standing on a footstool, while a second witch pinned up his long black robes. Um, he's like back there, um, and then Draco goes, "Hello, Hogwarts too." Um, yes, said Harry. My father's next door buying me books, and mother's up the street looking at wands. Like, he's, like, immediately just, like, a spoiled kid. His parents are, like, okay, so who's his father and coddled. mother? Huh? Who's his father and mother? Only the worst kids. The worst and the weirdest. Right. That, yeah, that's a Mom and dad. Father. Mother. He really yes. does call his parents that. Um, 
Then I'm going to drag them off to look at racing rooms. I don't see why first years can't have their own. I think I'll bully father into getting me one and I'll smuggle it in somehow. He's like, Harry was strongly reminded of Dudley, which is like, yep. Which is like interesting because Harry's been bullied all his life, so he very easily can spot a bully. Yeah, can spot a bully and people in like, or a person that he knows he doesn't want to mess with. Um, So just off of that like one little like thing that Draco says, he like totally reveals himself to Harry and Harry's like, yeah, I can't really like mess with you. Um, So then they talk about like having brooms and like, so Draco was like spouting all the information to Harry, um, assuming that Harry knows what he's talking about and he doesn't. And so that's interesting because it kind of like, Harry's just kind of like his self-esteem is kind of like shot a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's like, being you can you can hear him kind of deflating. Exactly. Like he they talk about Quidditch. Harry wonders what on earth Quidditch is. Meanwhile, Draco's going on. I do. Father says it's a crime if I'm not picked to play for my house, and I must say I agree. Know what house you'll be in yet? And Harry's like, I don't even know what a house is. What is this? And then Draco's like, I know I'll be in Slytherin. Uh, imagine being a Hufflepuff. I think I'd leave, wouldn't you? And this um, is when I write, is this where our Hufflepuff, like, bashing comes from? Huh? From Draco? That would suck. Because it's, imagine being in Hufflepuff, and then we, ought, like, we know Gryffindor is good, and Slytherin is bad, but why do, why culturally do Potterheads, until relatively recently, and I feel like there has been a pro-Hufflepuff campaign led by Joe, um, not that Hufflepuffs don't deserve a pro campaign, but there has been like it. Do you, if that anyone called so you a Hufflepuff, if, case. if anyone remember when people would call you Hufflepuff and you'd be like, like "Nah, excuse you," fighting words, like oh it was God. an insult. Is that really from Draco? And I feel like imagine being in Hufflepuff. I think I'd leave, wouldn't you? Like it's so bad that he would just wow. not even culturally. I mean, even those. Hagrid later says, like, better Hufflepuff than Slytherin, but it's still, like, not But it's also, good. like, better Hufflepuff than Slytherin, which is, like, better that than be a ba- dark than wizard. Be, right, exactly. It's not, a, like, not a ringing endorsement of Hufflepuffs, exactly. either. Um, okay, so then um, Draco spots Hagrid, um, and so Harry is pleased that he knows something that the boy doesn't. That's Hagrid. He works at Hogwarts. Um, and Draco goes, oh, I've heard of him. He's a sort of servant, isn't he? Okay, can I just say real quick? We've just been calling him Draco, and like he's not his name isn't even introduced at all. We know who he is. It's not like he's not Draco. Y'all know who he is. It's just funny because like oh said the boy, yeah, Slytherin. It's so clearly him. Um, it's definitely him because yeah, it is him. Anyway, um, yeah. So Harry is like still talking with him, and he's realizing he likes this boy less and less every second. Well, he also is like he's the gamekeeper. Like Harry feels the need to stick up for Hagrid Hagrid when it's like. Um, he's only really known Hagrid for like 24 hours, yeah. which I mean, Hagrid's done a lot for him and has been really nice to him and made him sausages and, you know, has taken care of him for the past 24 hours. Um, but Harry's like spent most of his interaction with Draco feeling like, I don't know anything. And so he kind of is like playing like, oh no, I don't know what house I'll be in or what, or, you know, but he's like, oh. I know who Hagrid is. And it's very, like, you see this a lot with, like, kids, especially kids this age when they're like, oh, I know this thing, but some kid who knows more or is more confident is like, oh, he's some sort of servant. Harry could have easily been like, yeah, he's lame. But right. no, he, like, immediately he's is like... He's like, no, he's a gamekeeper. And then Draco's like, I heard he's a sort of savage. Um, and Harry's like, I think he's brilliant. 
Do you? He says with a slight sneer. Why is he with you? Where are your parents? They're dead. Um, and then Draco's like, oh, sorry. But they were our kind, weren't they? Um, so then immediately is the, like, the prejudice, the pure blood prejudice, that is very, very clearly already, even though we haven't met his parents yet, it's very clearly from his parents. He's 11 yeah. years old. He didn't come up with this on his own. Yeah. Um, and so Draco's like, I think they should keep in, keep it in the old wizarding families. Um, which again is like, you don't, you're 11. You, yeah, what you do you know? know about old wizarding families? Like. So, but I also do kind of like that Harry's like they were a witch and wizard if that's what you mean, right? Which is like it could like in it could be read as in like if that's what you mean, like confused. But I've always read it like if that's what you you know. Oh, like, no, me a too. I've bit, never like, I've never I, read it as him being confused. I think he knew exactly what he meant was. and was and was like I don't get down with that. Yeah, even from jump, like he doesn't really know. Um, like the, he has to go and ask the whole like yeah, and the and, and the pol- not- the politics behind it. Like he, uh-huh. after he finishes talking with Draco, he asked um, Hagrid about it to explain it to him more, but he immediately was like, nah, bruh, I don't... I don't mess with that. I don't mess with that. Um, and then Draco asks what his last name is, um, but before Harry could answer, um, Harry's done, so he just... They leave it. Um, and then Harry goes back with Hagrid. Also... Rather quiet as he ate the ice cream, Hagrid had brought him chocolate and raspberry with chopped nuts. I put a heart there because Hagrid is just, like, spoiling him. Yeah, he is. And this is more than Harry's, like, experience in a long time. Mm-hmm. But. Definitely. Continue. Um, so then Harry asks Hagrid what Quidditch is. Um, and then Harry tells Hagrid about Draco and, like, what he was saying about muggle families shouldn't be allowed into Hogwarts. And Hagrid's like, well, you're not from a muggle family. Um, and he's like, if he'd known who you were, which, like, Hagrid is just, like, a, he's, like, a hype man. <laughs> he really is. He is the <laughs> flavor like, flavor of the wizarding world. Like, yo, he didn't know who you was, though, son. Like, <laughs> he wouldn't have said that. Like, he's just, like, <laughs> trying to hype Harry up. It's but really it also cute. is really cute, though, that, like, Hagrid from, comes actually from, like, a magical family, but he also comes from, like, a half-blood type of place. Um mm-hmm. Half half giant, half wizard. Um, so he understands that like you don't need to be a pure wizard, pure blood wizard, to be anything good. And he tells Harry. Um, anyway, what does he know about it? Some of the best I ever saw were the only ones with magic in them, and a long line of muggles. Look at your mom. Look where. She, look what she had for a sister. And so, like immediately, like it's like. That is nonsense. And mm-hmm. it brings, it bless, God bless your heart, because when I read this, I was just like, Hermione Jean Granger! Yep. The brightest witch of her age! Exactly. Um, and then Harry asks what Slytherin and Hufflepuff are, and um, Hagrid explains that the school houses, there's four. Everyone says Hufflepuff are a load of duffers, but, and then Harry goes, I bet I'm in Hufflepuff. So it's like the same thing. It's like he heard from Draco, too, and then Hagrid kind of reinforces that a little bit. Um, so- I mean, yeah, and Hagrid's like a little different. So maybe we don't just get it from Draco. I mean, it starts with Draco, but... But it keeps, like... But it's not... T- yeah, I don't know. Um, so it's culturally we're okay. Sort of. Everyone says Hufflepuff are a little doffers. I don't know what a doffer is, but... Me neither. They but seem I lame. Yeah. They do seem lame. Um, <laughs> Seems like an insult. <laughs> um, and then Hagrid goes, better Hufflepuff than Slytherin. There's not a single witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't in Slytherin. Um, which, one, is not true... Shout out to Peter Pettigrew and Quirrell. <laughs> um, obviously, nobody knows that at this point. 
Um, also, that doesn't mean that everyone in Slytherin is bad, which I think is an interesting thing that we complete. And, like, they do it, too, so it's not like we just, like, mm-hmm. our brains jump in that way, but it's also the way that it's worded is, like, instead of saying, like, all the bad witches and wizards were in Slytherin, he's like, there's not a single witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't in Slytherin. So just the way the way that it's worded makes it sound like Slytherin. If you're in bad. Slytherin, you're bad. Yeah, it's Which, just like the way that like it's yeah, it's just worded in a way that's like kind of roundabout, and so mm-hmm. it makes it seem like. Not Which bad. is there? We have a couple of examples in the books of Slytherins that are not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they are ambitious, and they have you know. But then we also have some like like um, Bayana said like Peter Pettigrew, Quirrell, Gilroy Lockhart. You know, like there is well, Lockhart Lockhart's, wasn't a dark wizard. No, but he's he he's just problematic. He's as an fuck. asshole. That's really, like, that's he's a plagiarist, yeah. and he like may, he messing people up. I don't want anyone messing with my memory so they can take my shine. That's true. Anyway, um, so we it's it's also weird. It's it's funny because there are these good things about houses, but um, there are also these bad things, which is that there. It, it kind of brings up a pack mentality and then you get these overgeneralizations and everyone's guilty of it. And, um, these cliches turn into stereotypes, turn into prejudices. Mm -hmm. Um, and as readers, we internalize that. And as Potterheads really, because, um, even now when it's like Hufflepuff has run the most house cups in Pottermore history and, it's really funny because we were like, does that mean that they're going to not have any more house cups? Yeah, apparently, because they just like tore Pottermore apart in a good way. But um, it it took a, it took like a concentrated like on Pottermore right now. You can find like reasons to be proud to be a Hufflepuff and like the fact that they were like Hufflepuffs have like won the house cup. Like, you know, like um, there's like this effort to like change the, the thought around that group. Um and to change the thoughts around Slytherin, and it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, so then they go to Flourish and Blots, and they get all the books. Um, and so Harry's just, like, amazed at all the books that are around. He says even Dudley, who had never read anything, would have been wild to get his hands on some of these. Um, and then Hagrid had almost had to drag Harry away from curses and countercurses. Parentheses, bewitch your friends and befuddle your enemies with the latest revenges, hair loss, jelly legs, tongue tying, and much, much more by Professor Vindictus Viridian. Um, again, another awesome name. Um, and then Harry's like, I was trying to figure out how to curse Dudley. Um, and then love the youthful Hagrid's like, I'm not saying that's not a good idea, but you're not allowed to use magic in right. the other world. He's <laughs> like, look at Hagrid being all responsible. Like, he's like, I would let you do that too, though. If right. it wasn't against the law, you could totally do that. I would, I would be all about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to go to Azkaban. Yeah, I love how Hagrid also doesn't let Harry buy a solid gold cauldron. So it's just like. You know, Harry's a kid, and he's basically just been unleashed into, like... And he's got money. They, yeah, he's got money. He's basically just been unleashed into, like, a candy shop, basically. He's about to make it like, rain on his He's like, wait a minute. I can afford this? Um, and Hagrid's like, nah, don't do it. It says don't. Peter on your list. That's what we're yeah, getting. Yeah, that's what we're getting. So he had a little, like, fatherly kind of moment. Um, and so then they go, and they get all their... Um, yeah, they get all their stuff, and then they go to get... Um, well, no, 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 they don't yet. So Hagrid says, 
just your wand left. Oh, yeah, and I still have to get you a birthday present, which is like, this entire day is a birthday present. You brought him ice cream. You brought him a cake. You told him he was a wizard. You told him he was a wizard. You let him have sausages. You, like, he is living shopping. the dream. He's already like, he is. don't. And so he goes red. He's like, you don't have to. And then Hagrid's like, I know I don't have to. Um, but then he decides to get Hag- uh, get Harry an animal. And he gets Harry an owl. And a beautiful snowy owl, fast asleep with her head under her wing. Yay, Hedwig. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. She's awesome. Hashtag tears for Hedwig. Yeah. We don't have to go there yet. Hashtag owls are always the real MVP. Owls. Of the entire series. Doing it. Decided. Owls won the Owls won Harry Potter. <laughs> um and so Doing the most. Yep. And so then they go to Ollivanders. Also um, known as the War Doctor's shop. <laughs> They went to get a sonic screwdriver. I mean, a magic wand. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they go to, to Ollivander's and they meet Ollivander. Um, and so... Maker of fine wands since, since 382 BC, BC. Which is like... Was that 1600 years at that point? I ain't no mathematician, but sure. A little bit more than 1600 years. So, Mr. Ollivander starts to hand Harry wands, and his silvery eyes were a bit creepy, but, um, he actually, like, let's just start off by, like, the old man standing before them being like, I thought I'd be seeing you soon, Mr. Potter. Like, who, what? He's just what? weird. Ollivander's always been weird to me. Like, I really, like, I like his character, but he's just strange, because he's like, so you know how you always feel like Dumbledore knows everything, but it's in like a kindly, like, old man type of way, and Ollivander's just like, dude, I need you to stop, like, undressing me with your eyes. <laughs> so <laughs> this true. This is weird. So true. Um, it's I in also, a creepy way. It's I, a... Love, I love how he um, knows, like, he basically knows every single wand that he ever sold. Like, he's like, you have your mother's eyes. It seemed only yesterday she was in here herself, buying her first wand, ten and a quarter inches long, swishy, made of willow. Nice one for charm work. Like, so quick. Like, he's just like, I know exactly what that is. And that's... Ask me the most random person I sold my wand to. I know exactly, like... And it's quick and that. And I wonder about that. Like, certain gifts for witches and wizards and his memory is definitely something that's otherworldly, like, or magical. Even for the regular witch or wizard, yeah. it's, it's impressive and it's a little, it's a little creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, so... He starts handing Harry these wands, and they obviously, you know, don't work. Don't work. One he puts in his hand and then takes away right away. Um, or was that in the movie? Oh, in the movie, they just like he just blows things up. Yeah. But so in the in the in here, like Ollivander's like he holds it and he's like, nah, that's not right. That's not. So he also yeah. chooses way. He has, he also tries out way more wands than like in the movie, which makes sense because you can't yeah. just spend like fifteen minutes. <laughs> Seeing Juan try... See... What? I was going to say seeing Juan try every Harry in the shop. Because the Juan chooses the wizard. The Juan chooses the wizard, so it wasn't a mess up. It was um, fine. It uh, was totally fine. <laughs> so he... First, it's really funny that... Um, not funny, but like he gives Harry his father's wand. Or the wand that's like kind of close to his father. Um, actually, no. Back up. He touches the lightning scar on Harry's forehead, which is like, dude, don't touch me. Don't be touching people's heads, bro. Don't be touching me. You, Who are, he what? don't know you like that. I just met you. You just, you're just, you just serve a customer. Like Chris you, Hansen. Like, come on, bro. Chris Hansen. You don't have to, like, 
That's you need to catch a predator. I see one right here. Don't touch me. <laughs> what? That don't make any sense. Um, so, Rubius Haggard walks in. This is really funny. I said Rubius. This is like one of the few times that you hear someone call Hagrid by his first name. Um, nice to see you again. Oak 16 inches rather bendy, wasn't it? Like, that's how you introduce people? Like, that's just how we remember people. That's just how, it yeah. It might be like a, you know, like a new, like, is it mnemonic, mnemonic device. device? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a very long mnemonic device. It so is. It's I don't very know weird. how I figured that one out. Um, but yeah, so he tries all these wands, um, and so then at the end he decides, he's like, Holly and Phoenix Feather, 11 inches, nice and supple. I do um, want to point out one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry is right-handed. I wrote down boo because left-handers for the win. But it makes me wonder, like, what is Hermione right-handed? Is um, Luna has to be left-handed. Why? Just because you feel like she should be? Because yeah, of alliteration? Left- no, of Luna because, like, left-handed? left-handed people are more, like, are on the whole, are, the, are more, like, odd, creative you know, they have the whole left brain, right brain thing. Okay. So, anyway, so I just wondered about, like, the hand, like, the, the dominant hand and how that plays into your wand. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Um, so, yeah, so Harry takes the wand. He felt a, su- a sudden wor- warmth in his fingers. He raised the wand above his head, brought it swishing down through the dusty air, and a stream of red and gold spark shot from the end like a firework, throwing dancing spots of light onto the walls. He shot Gryffindor Sparks. He sure did. He was already sorted. Sorted. Why was the plot? Sorting hat, why are you playing? He shot Gryffindor Sparks. Why are you always lying, sorting hat? Why? <laughs> why are you lying? Stop sucking lying. Sorry. I have to stop singing on this podcast. I, I know it's not good. I recognize oh, boy. it. Um. Anyway. Haggard whooped and clapped and Mr. Ollivander cried. Ah, oh, bravo. Yes, indeed. Curious. How very curious. He just keeps saying curious, curious, curious. Curious, curious. Like, why don't you just tell... He was waiting on Harry to ask him what mm. was curious. He was yeah. just like, I'm gonna keep saying it until Harry, he like, put, finally asked. He put like, the wand... He put Harry's wand back in the box and wrapped it in brown paper. Still muttering. Still muttering curious, curious. curious, curious. He was like, curious, you just gonna do that for how long? What if Harry was just like, I'm not gonna ask him. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Just, Whatever. Go do it. Um, I remember every wand I've ever sold, Mr. Potter. Every single wand. It so happens that that... The phoenix whose tail feather is in your wand. Shout gave, out, Fox. Shout out. Gave another wand, just one other. It is very curious indeed that you should be destined for this wand when its brother, Wyatt's brother, gave you that scar. Robin note. Horcrux? Yep. We should just be like Horcrux moment number one. Yep. Horcrux moment number two. They're all, yeah. Horcrux. <laughs> Everything's a horcrux. And it's like, when you go back and read this, you're like, why is that so dumb? Why did it take me so long? Why did it take me so yeah. long? Yeah. Well, and because I found out how are we supposed to know that he was like important love pieces of his soul? Like he had a. We're not gonna so, assume that Voldemort just had like seven pieces of his soul in seven different places. Um, like eight tech or no? Yeah, eight, eight technically. We were supposed to know that. As soon as I found out about the Horcruxes, I was like, "Here's the Horcrux," but because I'm smart like that. Okay, then. Okay. Because I'm smart like that. Mm-hmm. I found it, no, but I'm also not, I'm not saying I don't believe you. I'm just saying okay. But also, you know, when like twins in the womb, there are those things about sometimes twins like eat their twin. 
like they develop around them yeah. and then they just like find like hair and teeth and stuff in their like long Harry's got like a human just like chilling in his head not a human but a soul he has a piece of someone's soul just chilling in his head creepy it is creepy that would be on like the doc like those like surgery channels like weird a like gross alien or weird maladies like like on the surgery channel oh yeah. like if, if magic was real right. harry would totally be on the harry would be another soul harry would be on tlc being we like we're about to go in right so get this remnant of this soul oh i wonder if a dement if could a dementor destroy a horcrux Yeah. So if they should have just befriended him. If Harry got the Dementor's kiss, he would have destroyed one of. That's why I thought about it. That's why I thought. That's what I thought about it. But they can't pinpoint the soul like that, though, can they? Well, they just. Well, yeah, that's how they get it. Yeah, Harry is like the Harry is like the stronger soul. Obviously, he's got a piece of a soul. But he's and then he's got his whole soul. Yeah, but they just they just be like, "Ooh, there's more. There's an extra snack. There's like." Appetizer. <laughs> right, there's something. <laughs> something. So wrong. Second, what is it? Uh, what is it in Lord of the Rings? Is that uh, second breakfast? <laughs> Eleven Z's? <laughs> um, so, Ollivander goes back to being problematic, and this is like, um, Bayana's talked about it a lot, and I think since she's brought it up, I've started to like really see it a lot, like this like unreasonable expectations that you're putting on this 11-year-old who still doesn't understand all that is happening to him. The Wanchies is the wizard, remember? And I think we must expect great things from you, Mr. Potter. After all, he who must be named did great things. Terrible! Yes, but great. <laughs> and Harry's like, okay. Harry shivered. He wasn't sure he liked Mr. Ollivander too much. But, like, that is goes into another, like, Oh, these are, this is another similarity I have to this guy that tried to kill me. Exactly, and, it and like he doesn't. Up, yeah, it like, keeps popping up in these little ways, and he doesn't really know um, how and why these things are popping up. And this is probably the first time that it's popped up, and Harry's been cognizant of a connection between him and Voldemort. Um, we know because we are who we are that like him talking to the snake was a connection and mm-hmm. all these other things, but um, him being an orphan. Um, but this is Harry's first time, and it's like, he's already very unsure of himself. And now he's a, he's supposed to be... He now also knows that like he's destined, or people assume that he's destined to be great, but you can be great in two different ways. You can be great and good, mm-hmm. or you can be great and terrible. And there's no... As an 11-year-old, there's, there's no real understanding of like how you choose that or how or is that chosen for you right or what that even means and what yeah and what that even means yeah um yeah so then they pay the pay the seven gallons or galleons um and they go they leave um and so then harry and hagrid leave diagon alley go back through leaky cauldron um into paddington station that's such a great name um and so they go, so then, oh yeah, so then they, like, Hagrid buys Harry a hamburger. Spoiling um, the child. Just seriously, he had the best day. Of, I mean, like, mm. again, it's, like, kind of a mixed thing, because there's a lot of, like, emotions and, like, creepy, like, other stuff happening, but at the same time, like, this is the best he's been treated 
ever in his life, pretty much. That he can remember. Yeah. Because, you know. I mean, any day that ends with a hamburger is a good day in my book. Right. Um, And so, so even Harry brings it up at this point. So he's quiet and Hagrid's like, are you okay? What's going on? And he goes, and Harry says, everyone thinks I'm special. All those people in the Leaky Cauldron, Professor Quirrell, Mr. Ollivander, but I don't know anything about magic at all. How can they expect great things? I'm famous and I can't even remember what I'm famous for. I don't know what happened when Volt, sorry, I mean, the night my parents died. Two um, things. Aw, Harry still recognizes that he shouldn't be saying Voldemort. So sweet. Yeah. And he is finally recognizing, or not finally, but he's putting, a, he's putting to words, to wor- like, into words like, yeah. the pressure that he's feeling. Mm-hmm. And Hagrid, I mean, he's so sweet and he means well, but he's like, don't worry, Harry, you'll learn fast enough. Everyone starts out. Everyone starts at the beginning at Hogwarts. You'll be just fine. Just be yourself. I know it's hard. You've been singled out, and that's always hard. But you'll have a great time at Hogwarts. I did. Still do, matter of fact. Um, yeah. And so then Hagrid helps Harry on the train. I would take him back to the Dursleys, which I'm like, in my notes, I wrote, why? But also, how are they back home? Where are they? Because <laughs> they just left them on the snow, and it's only been a day. Close like, it's not like... It, <laughs> Right, or maybe maybe they charmed it to go back to the thing, but it's nah. like... But the other thing is, like, where is Harry going? Right? He's got because, a month, so he's got to go back. But what I'm saying is, where is he going specifically? Because it's not like... Unless the Dursleys were able, and that throughout that whole day, they just went back to Privet Drive. Like, what, is he going yeah. back to the, to the thing? Or is to he going to Privet Drive? Right, the, the Rock, or is he going to Privet Drive? And then, how is he getting from the train station... To Privet Drive because they don't know to pick him up from the train station and they probably don't want to pick him up from the train station. He's got newts and gallons now. He's hailing a cab. I'm just taking an Uber. I'm just wondering how that happened. Um, so then Hagrid gives him t- get, he has a ticket for Hogwarts um, where he leaves on the 1st of September. Any problems with the Dursleys? Send the owl. He's like, you got any problems? Let me know. I'm come. Here's one. We gonna throw hands. How do I get on the platform. Yeah. Like, none of this stuff is, like, <laughs> said. He's basically like, he's just like here's, here's an owl. You got some money. Take you the got train. Stuff. I'm not even going to take you all, but make sure you get home. You're 11. You, you fine. You got it. That was some That was some Dumbledore stuff right there. That was some, like, straight up, like, he <laughs> Good just luck, Harry. skipped his mind. <laughs> Let me leave you on this cold, little doorstep, cold doorstep at one doorstep. years old. Good luck. Like, I don't know. Harry doesn't seem all that all that concerned because the train pulls to the station and Harry like gets on whatever. But I was definitely like, how how does this happen? <laughs> like the logistics of this don't make much sense. Um, he gets home eventually. We hope we know so. That. He blinked, but Hagrid, Hagrid was gone. Hagrid dipped so quick, so he I blinked and Hagrid was out. Right. So we'll he see. he made it. We know he made it, but we don't I know. Still know how. We don't know how. Um, I like to think that there was a nice little shaggy dog that walked him home. Aww, except he's doing his waiting 12 years of it in Azkaban. In Azkaban, but so. Maybe, no. Maybe there's a nice little werewolf. I was going to say a werewolf, but he's not. Yeah, I was like, he's not an anime guy. He's like, yeah. actually. A, um, yeah. So, who are your MVPs and who is bitch for this chapter? All right, so my real MVP is James Potter because he had a whole fortune underneath uh, London for his son. So shout out to James Potter. Investments. You're the real MVP. Susie Orman, that shit. Exactly, because Harry was not broke and was able to get all of his stuff to go to Hogwarts. 
My MVP is Harry. And that is a, that is a lot. This is a very dense chapter. It we is. We get a lot of information thrown at us. And I was I was whelmed the fuck over, so I know <laughs> that Harry was whelmed over. Yeah. Just, like, all of the whelm. <laughs> and all of it. And he just took it. Like, he took it in stride. Yeah. And, I mean, he you know, he, he wavered every now and then, but he's ready to go. He's got his owl. He's got his galleons. And he's like, all right, I'll see you September 1st. Mm. Like, not at not at not at one point at not one. Some sentence that makes sense is getting late now. Um, <laughs> he he wavers, but he doesn't break. Right. And he's eleven. Yeah. And he's been eleven for legit a day. He hung out with Hagrid for twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. And Brian just shook her head at me. Anyway, <laughs> um, and he he just. He's rolling with it, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Who is bitch? Um, I benched Draco for being Draco? generally, um, yeah, a bigoted, prejudiced, influenced by his horrible parents. I mean, yeah, you know, he's he just basically is like interesting. You know, the comparison with Dudley is really strong so far, um, and he, yeah, he's. A problem. I'll mess with him. He's a problem and a half, apparently, because I, he's two problems, because I bench Draco. Whoa. So, you I don't Draco. fuck with you. You're not even technically, you're, we don't even know your name technically You little yet, stupid but. ass bitch, I ain't fucking with you. <laughs> we don't even know his name yet, but he's... You little dumb ass bitch, I ain't fucking with you. Okay. Next week, <laughs> we will be discussing Chapter 6, The Journey from Platform 9 and 3. Orders. But how do I get there, Hagrid? Because you left me yep. at the train. Didn't nobody tell him how to get there. We'll figure it out next Hashtag week. Hashtag shout out to the Weasleys. Hashtag um, tears for Remus. Even though he's not even in this chapter. He's not in this chapter. Just, just, just cry about Remus all the time. All the time. Um, make sure to read and follow along. Let us know um, who you think was the real MVP of this chapter and who is benched. Um, and if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can add us at We Black and Nerds. Also, you can hashtag wizard team. We kind of check it throughout the day and then we'll like retweet and respond and stuff. Um, and yeah, so join us next week for the chapter six. Um, also, if you haven't heard, listened to our bonus episode, you can check out chapter four and a half. It's basically just us nerding out about Harry Potter without like a constraint of a chapter. Um, <laughs> and yeah. We talk about interesting things. No, yeah, it's interesting. It's just like we don't have. To like commit yeah. ourselves to it's just it's a it's a it's a nerd fest. Um, it is. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.